Is this a beautiful day? Oh, wow. Amazing. It's a wonderful time of the year. It really is. Uh, see, I got a couple things to share before we get into our lesson uh, here this morning. <clears throat> and uh, let me just echo what Don was talking about as far as life groups go. You know, um, we actually had our life group last night after our, the service. And uh, in the life groups, you'll have like a little 20-minute little video from Rick Warren that's a supplement to what we're teaching here on the weekends. And uh, there is a little study guide that goes along with that. Uh, it's not mandatory, but that uh, does help you a good bit. And it was just awesome. And then there's like four questions in your, your uh, life group. But very relevant, very uh, to the point, uh, very informing uh, kinds of questions. So uh, if, if you have uh, not signed up for a life group yet and you're a little bit nervous about it, I promise you, it'll be a phenomenal experience. It really will. And I want to say along with uh, Don, if you pick up these, these books, this is, uh, you know, what on earth am I here for? Gives you something to read every day. And we'll all be reading on the same page. And it starts today. And then we'll go through. We'll all be at the same place next week, you know. And uh, let me just say something. I'm not really too good in the business world, you know. So uh, some people go, well, yeah, they're doing that. Well, how much they're making on those books, you know. We pay about 16 bucks for these books. I, they told me it was like $15.58, and then plus tax. But we're selling them to you for $10. So I don't think I'd make it in a regular business world doing that. But just so you know, you know, this is, this is to benefit you. And if you're in a situation where you have a little bit more month left than, you know, uh, than you have paycheck at the end of if there's a hardship situation, just let them know. You will get the book. This is going to be radically transforming to us. Even if you've gone through something similar, this is awesome and amazing. And even if you're not going to be in a life group, but which I hope you will be, you still want the book. So everybody should go home with the book, and the books are back there at the Connections desk, and you can also get them in the Resource Center that's downstairs because everybody, you know, a couple hundred people trying to get books at the same time, we just need to kind of spread it out there. But these are awesome. Uh, we've already been going through these. I've actually uh, been kind of, uh, you know, getting a tremendous amount of information over the last little while as I've been researching this and studying this and it's just like it just gets better and better and better and this has every every uh, real potential of transforming radically transforming your life it really does so I cannot encourage you enough to, to jump into this uh, get the books get in a life group you know if you can host a life group if you want to uh, but you're going you're, you're gonna to come away with this with phenomenal uh, substance that, you know, you can actually put to work in your life right now. It's, it's awesome. So what we're talking about is what on earth am I here for? And uh, what we'd like to do is start in my favorite verse, okay? Uh, just go ahead and get that out of the way. You know, my favorite verse, Romans 8, 28. So let's turn there together. And it says here, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Called. Uh, that, that word right there would be a good word to jot down because we're going to be talking about that word a lot <coughs> today. And 
over the next uh, couple of weeks, anyhow, called. And it says, for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Everything's going to work together for good. Now, how many of you, if you don't mind me asking, I'd like to see it if you would, how many of you have a cell phone? Wow. That's everybody, you know. I see some of you got two hands up, you know. You got two or three of them, you know. Uh, while you have them out, turn it on silent, okay. That was not my reason, but uh, I just wanted to see how many folks had a cell phone. And why do we have cell phones that we take with us? Why don't we just wait till we get home and use the landline, you know. We don't want to miss a call, do we? We don't want to miss a call. We don't want to miss a text. We don't want to miss an email, you know. So uh, we have answer machines, right? Because we don't want to miss out, you know. But let me tell you the most important. You don't want to miss God's call, you know. When God calls you, you don't want it to go to voicemail, you know. When God calls you, you don't want it going ring, 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 or whatever other beep, 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 bop, you know, <laughs> phone sound you have on your phone, you know. But you don't want it to go ring, 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 and then go to voicemail. You don't want to do that, you know, when God's trying to get a hold of you. Don't, don't, don't do that, all right? Well, we just read it there in Romans 8, 28, and, and, and the Bible says you've already been called according to his purpose. He, he's called you according to his purpose. Now, let me pick up here in verse 29. In Romans 8, 29, it says, For God knew his people in advance. Now, you are not a pre-recorded video that God just popped in a VCR somewhere. Oh, I should say, you're not a pre-recorded DVD that God just pops in a DVD player and, you know, you're just playing your life out and you can't change it. That is not the way life is. God has foreknowledge. He did not pre-record you and you have no choice on your decisions. You have every choice on your decision. But the Almighty God has foreknowledge and He knows what you're going to do. He knows what you're going to do, and that's why he's made all kinds of awesome, fantastic, wonderful provisions for us. And it says here, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. He wants us to be like Jesus, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. See, God called you to live, you know, your calling. He, he wants you to live your calling, and he has called you according to his purpose, but he's called you, and he wants you to live your calling. And, and understanding the word calling and purpose are the same thing, all right? So when you hear, well, what's my purpose? Well, what's my calling? It's the same thing. What's my calling? What is my purpose? It's the same thing. We need, need to understand that, you know. And he says here, let me read verse 30 again. <clears throat> and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Like, we're in a right relationship with him. When we respond to God's call, <clears throat> we find ourselves in a right relationship with him. And having given them right standing, he gave them... His glory. Now, the Greek word for called is kaleo. And the word called means God is calling you. Kaleo means God is calling you. Are you taking calls? 
I mean, how many of y'all have uh, the, uh, the, the recognition that, what do they call that? Yeah, so when somebody calls you, you go, eh, I ain't taking that. <laughs> Caller ID, that was the word I was looking for. How many of you have that on your phone? You just don't want us to know. It's like, oh, no, I didn't get no call. Well, when you recognize God's calling, you better answer it quickly. You really ought to. I'm not, I'm not teasing when I, when I say that. But the, the Greek word means God is calling you, and he genuinely is, you know. It's used uh, over 100 times in the New, New Testament, and most of the time when, when that word kaleo is used, you know, it's referring to your assignment in life. And I think we all want to know what our assignment, I mean, what is our assignment that God has for our lives? And when it uses this, this Greek word here, it means God is calling you. It, it really is referring to, to your assignment in life, to your purpose in life, to your mission in life. This is what it's talking about. I mean, this is talking about the reason that you exist. And that's what we're going to discover in this series. That the reason that you exist is why God created you. And he did create you, you know. That's what we're talking about. It's like, what on earth am I here for? We will discover this. And it will be life-changing for us. And for those who already know, you know, we're going to get a little bit better zoom in on it and focus on it. And it's going to become a greater reality in our life. Now, the Greek word for calling is kaleo, but the Latin word for calling is vocation. Don't jump to conclusions, okay? Some of you are going, oh, wow, yeah. Stop. Because what you were calculating was wrong. The Latin word for calling is vocation. And the word vocation and calling are the exact same thing. You're going, oh, my job is my calling. No, it's not. See, our culture has reduced the word vocation to basically mean my job and my career. How many of you, if you don't mind telling me, how many of you have changed jobs before? How many have changed jobs several times before? You change your job, but you've never changed your calling. The calling is the same. So vocation and calling are the exact same as God sees it. Although, you know, society has reduced it to mean, well, my vocation is just my career, my job, what I do today. Oh, my vocation will be different next week. No, sir. No, ma'am. So calling and vocation are the same thing, but it means so much more than just our secular world wants us to think that it means. It really does. So your calling is not your career. So understand that. Your calling is not your career. Your, your calling is far, 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 more significant, you know, far larger than just a career. Your calling is so much more than a career. You know, hopefully this will become a reality to us, not just what I'm doing. There's some people like their job. How many of you like your job? That's a pretty small show of hands. <laughs> but you'll love your calling. You really will. You'll love your, your calling, you know. 
Um, we have a job, but our vocation, you know, is your calling in life, you know. The Bible, which is an awesome, fantastic, wonderful book, it's a story of God calling his people. As you read it, this is a story of God calling his people. God calling Noah. What did Noah do? He built an awesome boat. He filled it full of animals, you know. Really, God's the one who filled it full of animals. But God had called him. And it was very interesting, as we read this book, we read these stories about God calling people, and God calling Abraham, and, and Abraham's response to God. You know, God calling Moses. You know, God called Moses for God's purpose, and, and Moses responding, and God calling Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah was in a, you know, royal position in reality, but, but he was a builder. You know, God called Nehemiah. We, we see this story portrayed. It's true. We see it in the Bible. You know, the, the Bible is, is, is a story of God calling his people, such as uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel. What did Daniel do? We know he hung out with some lions in a den on one occasion, but he did so much more than that. And, and it's God calling Hosea and, and Joel and God calling David and, 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 and God calling Solomon. And then in the New Testament, God calling Peter and Paul and Mary. Now, if you laugh, it means you're old. The younger generation sit here going like, what are they laughing about? <laughs> it was a singing group, guys, okay? <laughs> but there is a Peter, Paul, and Mary who were called in the Bible, and you can read their stories as well, okay? But the Bible is a story of God calling, you know, his people. And God calling you. Every person God has called with a noble calling, with a noble purpose. And I'm telling you, even though you may have not heard it yet, God is calling you. And, and it's going to be fascinating when you discover when this call really came in, you know. Now, we're going to look at five different dimensions of God's call over the next uh, few weeks, uh, especially we're going to go into it a lot deeper in our life groups. I cannot encourage you enough to get connected with a life group just for this, this series, if for no other reason. But these different facets are kind of like uh, the different angles is like looking at a diamond. You know how a diamond's got fire in it, you know? And you can see all the different beauties and the colors that, that come out of that thing. And that's what we're going to do is look at these uh, five different dimensions of God's call over the next few weeks. You know, you know, why are you alive? That's a good question. Why am I alive? Have anybody here ever had a close call? You know, why am I alive, you know? Uh, and, and, and what are you to be doing while you're here and alive, you know, with the rest of your life? What are you supposed to be doing here? And uh, how do you specifically, I mean, specifically fulfill God's calling upon your life? Well, here is my prayer for you, and I, I claim this prayer from what I found in the Bible, but this is my prayer for you over the next uh, few weeks. In the Senate of Ephesians, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 18 and it says, <clears throat> it says, my prayer is that light will flood your hearts. Wow, that prayer looks like it got answered real quick. 
you come, became illuminated here. How'd y'all do that? Oh, all right. But I believe there's a spiritual illumination coming to us. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope. And we understand that hope is a confident expectation for the future. That's later on today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts. You, you know, we sang a, a song just a little bit ago. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. And that's our prayer is that God will open the eyes of our heart. My prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand, you will understand the hope, this, this confident expectation for your future, that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God called you. When God called you, he gave you a confident expectation for the future. He says, my prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God called you. See, when you understand your calling, it gives you incredible hope. You have incredible expectation for the future and for your future. When you grasp this, when this becomes a reality, he goes on and says, my prayer is that light will flood your hearts and that you will understand the hope that was given to you when God called you. What's the next word? Then, then, you know, light floods your heart so you can understand, you know, the hope that God gave you when he called you. And then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours. Then you will discover, how would you like to discover not just some blessings, which is awesome, but glorious blessings that will be yours together with all of God's people. Truth of it is, folks, I'm going to say just about everybody here has been missing out on some stuff. Been missing out. Now, when I was a kid, and I'd go to a library, I mean, I, I went to like National Geographics, you know, and uh, you see, you know, here there's like Mount Everest, these mountain climbers. You see guys who are, you know, diving under the sea. You know, you see this, this awesome, you know, uh, photographs of these guys in the wilderness. And I must confess, even now and every once in a while, I like to look at a fishing magazine or a hunting magazine where you see this beautiful. Have you all ever seen pictures like that? But you know what? Have you ever done this? You sit there, you know, you open up this National Geographic and you're looking at, I mean, you can see the little bugs on the blades of grass on Mount whichever you call it, and you can see the fibers in somebody's rope as they're climbing. I mean, the photography is amazing. And then you sit there and you look at that thing for 10, 15, 30 minutes, and then you turn the page and you find out it was a fold-out. And it goes boom, boom. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't see the whole thing. Oh, look at there. There's, I thought there was only half of a canoe in that picture, but there's like 12 canoes on this lake, and one guy's fishing, and, and there's a mountain in the background. I mean, I was missing out on something. Does that make sense? 
And I believe a lot of us, when it's like, what on earth am I here for? I believe a lot of us are missing out on something. We need to fold that book open, and we need to discover what God wants us to see. And he says here, then, halfway through Ephesians chapter 1, then you will discover the glorious blessings that will be yours together with all God's people. And over the next few weeks, we're going to go to a whole nother level. Now, you got to say that with me. A whole nother level. You'll try it by yourself without me coaching you, okay? That's where we're going. You know, we're going to open this thing up, and we're going to go to a whole nother level, and we're going to begin to understand the glorious blessings that God has for us because he has so much more that, that, than we have grasped so far. And there's eight things that we really need to know about life's calling. And I'm just going to hit them just the very, you know, the, the tips of those this morning to kind of give you a little idea on where, where we are going, you know. So the first thing that we need to know as we are discovering more about our, our life's calling is, number one, my calling is a gift from God. That's important to, to know that. My calling is a gift from God. We don't earn our calling. We don't earn our purpose. It is a gift from God. We don't deserve it. It is a gift from God. We do not work for our calling or for our purpose. We don't bargain for it. We don't barter for it. You know, it's a gift of God's grace to us. You know, when he created us, he called us. And it's all by mercy and it's all by grace. Listen to what it says here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, I am shocked. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. Mercy and grace. Here it uses the word mercy. We'll see grace shortly here. But he says, we've been called to him through the loving mercy of Christ. Now mercy, if I had a coin, which I don't even have a coin with me right now, but that's okay, if I had a coin, one side of the coin has mercy on it. And you understand that mercy is not receiving the judgment that you deserve. Have you ever really deserved something, but you didn't get it? I'm talking about in a bad kind of a way, you know. That was mercy. The other side of the coin is grace. It's, it's receiving the great blessings of God that you do not deserve. But God extends them both to you and to me. It's just absolutely mind-blowing that God loves you that much that his mercy doesn't give you what you really deserve and his grace gives you the blessings that you don't deserve. It's really the best of all worlds. It really is. So it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, For God saved us and called us us. See, your calling is actually part of your salvation. He says, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. And the best way to describe 
What is a holy life? He's saying he has called us to live like Jesus. That, that, that his, his foreknowledge, he wants us to live like his son, Jesus. So it says, for God saved us and he called us to live a holy life. And he did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan. That was God's plan from before the beginning of time. This was God's plan, God's purpose, God's calling before the beginning of time. God had plans for you. Every one of you before the beginning of time and to show us his grace. Now grace is just pouring out his glorious blessings upon us that we don't deserve. A mercy is not getting the judgment that we do deserve. So he says here, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace, his unmerited favor, his undeserved kindness, his enabling power. He wants you to have it. He wants you to have his power. He wants you to, to, to have his kindness and his favor and his glorious blessings. God wants that for you. And then the next three words says, through Christ Jesus. And that's the way they come to us. So the first thing here of these eight things we need to know about our life's calling was my calling is a gift from God. Number two is I am called for God's purpose. Say, okay, what's the big deal about that? That means it wasn't for my purpose. Oh, I am called for God's purpose. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, you see. I'm called for God's purpose. You were made by God, and you were made for God. The, the, you know, once we begin to understand all this, I mean, it begins to click, and things begin to change. It's like, I was made by God, yes, but I was made for him, God has a calling on my life. He has a purpose for my life. Every stage of it, God has a calling and a purpose. And until you understand that, that he has a call on your life and a purpose, life is never, ever, ever, ever going to make sense. And there's a lot of people just doing this. They're scratching their head like, well, what on earth am I here for? You're going to get bored. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to have all kinds of difficulty in your life until you understand you were made for God. You're made for Him. And He makes no apology. He created you with something special in mind. And once we discover that, we reach our full potential, we tap into life in all of its fullness. God's calling is about His plan for my life and your life not my plan for my life or not your plan for your life. God's calling is about his dream for my life and your life, not my dream or your dream. You know, God's calling is about his purpose for my life, not my purpose, not your purpose for your life, you know. It's not my parents' purpose. God's calling is not about my parents' purpose for my life. It's not about what your boyfriend, your girlfriend's purpose for your life is. It's not about what your husband or your wife's purpose for your life is. It's about God's purpose for your life. And that's been determined a long time ago. 
And, and God had you in his mind before you were ever born. It's just really amazing as we begin to discover this. Hopefully, when we seek godly counsel and folks will understand the purposes and the calling of God, they'll help you discover that, you know. Romans chapter 9, verse 11 says, But before they, this was talking about the twins, you know, uh, Jacob and Esau, you know, Rachel, who was Isaac's wife, she had some twins. And this, this is talking about those guys. It says, but before, but before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, Rachel, that was Isaac's wife, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purpose. Before they were born, God told her something, this is for my own purpose, and it's not going to really match the culture of this day. He calls people. How? According to his own purpose, he calls people, but not according to their good or bad works, she was told. Your older son, God's telling Rachel, your older son will serve your younger son. Now, was that culturally proper? No. The oldest received the inheritance, and the younger served the older. That was just the way that their culture was. But this is something different. God set it in motion before either one of them was born. He told her this. Your older son will serve the younger. See, it was God's purpose, and it's God's plan, God's calling that will prevail. I mean, God is, it's going to happen the way he wants it to. Now, when I was a teenager, you know, and, and I had already been having some experiences with God. I began to read my Bible, and I was around people who were loving God and all, but there was a little bit of a, a little wrestling going on on the inside of me. And as a teenager, I was riding down the road one day, and I came to that point in my life where I just totally, honest to goodness, yielded my all to God. I said, Lord, it's all yours. Whatever you want me to do with the rest of my life, I resigned to do it your way. It was just that simple. But I mean, you know, I was teary-eyed. I mean, it was like a real profound fight. And I genuinely surrendered and I yielded to God my life. I mean, the essence was giving God a signed blank check and letting God fill in, in the blank, you know. Lord, whatever you want to do with me for the rest of my life, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I've had quite a few jobs as a young fella, you know, leading up to, to where I'm at today. And uh, these jobs provided my needs while I pursued my calling. Once I yielded my life to God totally and to the calling that he had for me, my jobs, you know, provided my means, bought my gas, meals, whatever I needed to do while I pursued my calling. Now, I worked on several farms, you know, a beef cattle farm and a fish farm. You know, you raise these fish and you package them in oxygen-filled bags and you ship them all over the, the country and, and all these kinds of things, you know. Uh, when I was uh, my last year or two in high school and my first year of Bible college, you know, uh, I was a typewriter repair man. You don't even know what typewriters are anymore, do you? <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't pursue that for a, a long-time career. Typewriters and ad machines, I repaired those things, you know, once upon a time. But I did that, you know. 
I worked at a place in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, Bartlett Tree Experts, and we would take, and every plant that would grow in that environment, that culture, they were there. And we would take and we would transplant, we would dig up big trees and we would move them to better locations on the <clears throat> thousands of acres farm. And I did that, you know, for a year. So I was actually a school bus driver, 15 years old. Is that scary or what? <laughs> really was. I installed, I took in uh, my last two years of, of high school, air conditioning, refrigeration, and heating. So my uncle had a business, his own business that had been going on for 40 years, you know, before that, and uh, he hired me, and, uh, you know, I knew how to install furnaces and air conditioners and work on those things, and his sons wanted nothing to do with it, and he would have given me his business. But there was something, and I remember when we were talking about this one day, and I'm thinking... And I was a teenager. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to be, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I had a call, see, to something else. So I, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 60 years old. And you know what? It dawned on me the other day. I was like, I am 60 now. It's like, wow, I actually reached that number. You know, that's, that's amazing. But this is what some of the things I had done. You know, I had actually trained for a manager position in a large grocery industry that's in the south you know and uh you know it was okay but i was kind of empty in that and i used to work on in these big chemical plants with these 200 foot silos i was up on the top insulating those things all the way down to the ground and all and these things just provided for my needs while i pursued my calling and that's what they did and although those things changed and even in ministry my 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 strengths begin to blossom of what my gifting was versus what other people's gifting was. But it's changed over the, the many years I've been in ministry, but my calling has never changed, you know. So I just want to explain that your vocation, your calling, you know, it's there. Your, your career and your job may change a lot of different ways, but your calling is the same. I spent a couple of years backpacking around the country passing out Bibles and tracts, playing in Christian coffee houses with my guitar that I carried with me or just to a group of people at a campground and things like that. So these are some things that I had done in my life, but my call was the same no matter what my vocation from the perspective of career was. But vocation is really our calling. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece now I know some people immediately go yeah that's good for you guys but you don't know me you don't know the mess my life is in you don't know where I came from you don't know the hurts I've experienced you, don't, you just don't know no no you don't know you don't know but you're going to know that you are God's masterpiece you are God's workmanship and he is a master and he can make so much of so little he really can, provided we yield that little to him. For it says, for we are God's masterpiece. I mean, God declares his value for you when he stretched out his arms and said, I love you. And they nailed him to a cross and he says, I love you this much. And he gave his life for you and for me. And he said, you're his masterpiece. He has a calling and a purpose for your life, no matter what you've been through, no matter where you've been. It don't matter. It just don't matter. 
For we are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew. He restores us, you see. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things. I mean, he has called all of us to, to, to make some contribution in his kingdom, in this world in which we live. And he says, we are God's masterpiece and he created us anew in Christ. So he created us anew. So he created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us last week. Is that what it says? No, but he says he had plans for us long ago. God has plans for you, and when you can hang out with God and spend time with God and get to know God, you can discover what God's plan, His call, His purpose is for your life. What on earth am I here for? He wants you to know the answer to that question. He genuinely does. You're God's masterpiece. But to be honest with you, the reality of that only shows when you're fulfilling your calling. When you're just doing your own thing, it's not as easy for folks to recognize the masterpiece that you are. You know, there was a fellow who, who worked for Hallmark, and he was an artist, and he would go to the school systems, and uh, the first grade, and, if, and this is actually documented, he goes to the first grade class, and say, how many of you want to be an artist? No, that wasn't what he said. He said, how many are an artist? That's what he asked the first graders. Every hand in the classroom, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. <laughs> and you can visualize that, can't you? you know. Second grade. He would go to second grade classes and 50% of them would raise their hand. Hey, I'm an artist. Third grade class. And, and, and this is documented. By third grade, how, how many artists do I have in here? There would be about 10 out of 30 in the class. When he got to the sixth graders, there'd be one, possibly two out of the class who say, I'm an artist. And the thing that was very interesting for me to discover, how society's goal is to make us less foolish. You know, society's goal is that we would be normal. I don't like normal. Is that all right? I think we did a t-shirt like that one time, you know. Radical. Because normal is not working, you know. God has called us not to just be like everybody else. God has not called us to be normal. He's called us to be radical, if you would, when you know your calling and your purpose and you go for it, you know. And, and, and we're not just living to please everybody else anymore, not trying to, to be socially accepted and politically right. You see, God has a call that, that kind of flies in the face of some of that. Listen to what it says here in Galatians chapter um, 1, verse 15. It says, it pleased God. Let's see, did I miss one of those things there? Yeah, number three. I forgot to give you number three. Of the eight things I was going to tell you about helping us to understand, you know, our calling. Number three, God chose my calling before I was born. Okay, that's, that is very significant. You may not grasp the fullness of it yet, but it is very significant. God chose my calling before I was born. And here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, It pleased God in his kindness 
to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy. You say, are you telling me that God's call and purpose for my life was determined before I was born? That's exactly what I'm saying. And, and, it's, and it's good. It's not bad. You know, God's plans for you are good, not evil, to give you hope and to give you a future. That's the truth of it. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, in the Message Bible, it says, Before I shaped you in the womb, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Because his foreknowledge, his, his foresight. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. And, and, and you will never, ever truly be happy until you discover what God's plans for you are. I am telling you, God has plans for you. Before you were born, God had plans for you, amazing plans. He said holy plans before you saw the light of day. Before you were shaped in your mother's womb, God had plans for you. What on earth are you here for? God knows what that is. And he is really wanting us to discover that and the glorious blessings that go along with it. Don't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. You go, well, God can't do that. Yes, he can. He specializes in taking a little shepherd boy with just a little rock, taking out a giant. God could have taken that giant with, with David just flipping a booger at him. See, normal don't always work. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? So I get older, I sometimes I don't know if I just thought it or said it. But what I'm trying to communicate here is God can take the, foolish, the foolishness of men and women who understand his call and they're willing to do what he's called them to do. And a little boy with a little slingshot, you know, takes out a giant, a warrior, a trained warrior that was over nine foot tall. So don't say that God can't do what he wants to do in your life because he surely can. He had plans before you were born. He knew what you was going to go through. He knew he had foresight, and he's there to help us, you know. Memory verse. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 2. Listen what it says. I am your creator, period. You were in my care even before you were born. Isaiah 44, 2. Can we read that together? And we're always going to read the, the uh, reference, then we're going to read the verse, and then we're going to read the reference again. And this is our verse for this week, okay? Isaiah 44, 2. I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Isaiah 44, 2. This is an amazing passage. An amazing passage. It means you're not an accident. He says, I am your creator. Your creator. You are not an accident on this planet. God says, I created you, and you were in my care even before you were born. You were in his care. And, and if you think you're an accident, see, you're going to live like an accident. You're going to accidentally kind of go through life without any purpose, without any direction, without any plan if you think you're an accident. 
and God says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. And this is something very, very important to realize. Now, you know, if, if you committed some sins, you know that God forgives you, don't you? He loves you and he forgives you, and then we move on. But you need to understand that abortion, that is a baby in the womb. God says, I'm your creator. God says he created that child. You need to understand this. There are accidental parents, but there are no accidental children. You understand that? And God says, you were in my care even before you were born. And God have mercy on those who goes meddling with that child before he makes his entrance into this planet. Because he has a purpose for everyone. And if you've made some mistakes in your past, God forgives you. And we move on. And we use our experiences to advance his purposes and to challenge other people to make right decisions and all. But God says, I am your creator you were in my care even before you were born. And, and I would like you to memorize that, and it's really good to read it out loud, to say it, to share it with someone. You know, it's, it's important that we get these scriptures into our heart. You know, uh, <clears throat> I'd like us to look at this verse here. It's found in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 2. And it says, if we could read it together, it says, I am your Creator, you were in my care even before you were born. Isaiah 44, 2. Get it? Y'all understand that, right? Okay, I'll try it again. Get it? Good. But you don't stop there, okay? I do to get it, you do to got it, I say to good, and then you say, give it away. Can we do that? You get it? Good. How many people do you think on this planet would benefit by knowing that God created them? And he was watching over them before they was born, and he's got a plan for their life. How many people do you think would benefit by knowing that? All of us would. Get it? Good. All right. Number four. Now, these eight little things I want to help share with you to help us to understand this calling a little bit better. Number four is my sins and my mistakes don't change my call. My sins and mistakes. Anybody made mistakes along the way? Sure we have. But it doesn't change my call. Listen to what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. It says, by calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy. By calling me into his service, Jesus has called me trustworthy, even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous. Mercy, however, was shown to me because while I lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. And you know what that means there? That's saying I did a lot of dumb stuff growing up. That's what it's saying. Did anybody here ever do some dumb stuff growing up? A lot of dumb stuff. And, and that does not change God's call on your life. My sins and my mistakes don't change my call. We need to understand this. Do you understand what Paul was? Before he met Jesus, he was a terrorist. He was a religious terrorist. He had Christians caught and put into arenas with, with wild animals that would rip them apart. 
he had them put to death. Do you understand that the apostle Paul, as we know him now, when he was just Saul, he was a religious terrorist. And God used him when he come to know him and he met him, you see. It, it, it was amazing that, that God never wastes anything. He can fit that stuff right into his plan to change the world with. That's just God's way. And we know Romans 8. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, we see. Even my past sins, stupid things we do, have done. And you've got to understand something here. God has no plan B. There is no plan B. There's only plan A. That's all it is, you know. You ever heard of a fellow by the name of Chuck Colson? He was an assistant to the President of the United States. Got caught up in a scandal. They called it Watergate. Spent a substantial amount of time in prison. But why was there he came to know Christ in a real way? And he established prison fellowship ministry that reaches 160 countries today and touches millions upon millions of men and women who've been incarcerated and they come to know Jesus. So because he made a mistake, does God drop the call off of his life? No way. No way. Listen, uh, number five, if you're jotting these things down, my calling is permanent. My calling is permanent. Nobody can take your calling away. Nobody. Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, God's gift and his calling are irrevocable. Uh, uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. My job can change, but never my calling. No matter what your past is, your calling is the same. We need to understand that. Number six, in learning these eight different things that help us understand our calling, number six is my calling is connected to others. And that's why we have canceled our midweek service and tried to encourage every one of you to be in a life group for these next six weeks because it will bring radical transformation in your life, I promise you, because our calling is connected to other people. The devil wants us to do it solo. He wants us to go life solo. He does not want us connected because we know united, we stand. Divided, we fall. We understand those concepts there. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4 says, <clears throat> we are all one body. One, all one body. We have the same spirit and we have all been, call, all been, all been called to the same glorious future hope. We've all been called to the same glorious future hope. Hope. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners. Yeah, we're talking, use the word partners. There's a connection, you see. Brothers and sisters, you are holy partners in a heavenly calling. See, my calling, your calling, my assignment, your assignment, my purpose and your purpose, my vision and your vision, my, my dream that, that God, you know, has put in me, the, 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 uh, the dream he's putting in for my life, guess what? It don't work if I'm not connected to other people. Are you serious? I'm, I'm serious. Number six is my calling is connected to others. Now, let's just be graphic for a moment. When your eyeball is disconnected from the body, it don't work so good. 
The ear don't work so good when it's disconnected. The little finger don't work so good when it's disconnected, does it? And God's calling is, is that we are connected to fulfill what he has in store for us. Number seven, <clears throat> out of these eight things, I tell you, we're going to touch the, the tip of them. Number seven is God empowers what he calls us to do. He empowers us when he calls us to do something. He empowers us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I now urge you to live the life to which God <clears throat> called you. Live it. The life that he has called you. Do you know what it is? I urge you to live now, to, to live the life to which God called you. And, and, and he's talking about a lifestyle, not just an event. Occasion, I'll do something. But he's talking about a lifestyle here, live the life. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 says, That is why we always pray for you, asking our God to help you live the kind of a life that he called you to live. And we pray that with his power, his power, God empowers what he's called us to do. And we pray that his power, God will help you to do the good things you want and perform the works that come from your faith. Interesting. Uh, there's an organization. I don't have a lot of time here, but there's an organization that's called Him. It's, it's making a tremendous impact upon me, people in uh, Chicago. Uh, Willow Creek has a, a church, you know, uh, Pastor uh, Bill Hybels. And him is hairdressers in the marketplace. Go, really? There's one woman, she tried to work in the church. She tried to use her gifts in the church to help people out. And she was just so empty, wasn't accomplishing anything. She discovered that her particular career really centered around vanity. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't look pretty and things like that. But she just wasn't being fulfilled. So she created this ministry called, you know, hairdressers in the marketplace. And they reached out to the homeless. Once a week, once a month, they would go to the homeless. People didn't even have a bath in a month. And they would clean them up and fix their hair and talk to them about how special they are and how they are a masterpiece to God. They, they went into the nursing homes. You know, people who just need some attention and getting themselves all prettied up and things, and they would go anywhere where people had a real need. And she did it for one purpose, and that was to share the love of God with them. And she has reached what God wants her to do. She's doing it. Does that sound awesome? It's like, wow, she's using what she knows, and she's making a, an eternal difference with it. But anyhow, it says here, we pray that with his power, God will help you do the good things you want and perform the works that come from your faith, you know. He'll empower you somehow to help other people because we know he wants us connected with other people. <clears throat> Whatever time I have left, you know, I'm 60 years old right now. Well, I want to fulfill God's call on my life. It might be a week, it might be a month, it might be some years, it might be a decade. Whatever, don't matter. But I think God wants us all to yield whatever's left. Whatever is left of our time here on this earth, to yield it to him. Because I'm still here. And, and what on earth does he want us to do while we're here? Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, The one who calls you is faithful, <clears throat> and he will do it. 
He will do everything he's promised. In the Message Bible, I like it, the way it words it. It says, the one who called you is completely dependable. <clears throat> if he said it, he'll do it. God is absolutely reliable. So here's a review. <clears throat> Number one, my calling is a gift from God. Number two, I'm called for God's purpose, not my own. Number three, God chose my calling before I was born. <clears throat> Number four, my sins and my mistakes don't change my calling. Number five, my calling is permanent. Nobody can take it away. Number six, my calling is connected to others. Number seven, God will empower me to do what he calls me to do. And then, number eight, there's a prize for living out my calling. There's a prize for living out my calling. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. I'm pressing on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There are rewards for those who will discover and live their calling. Awesome rewards. Glorious blessings <clears throat> for those who will discover and live it out. <clears throat> Excuse me. First Thessalonians, it tells us here, it says in chapter 2, verse 12, it says, live the kind of life that pleases God, who calls you to share in his own kingdom and to share in his glory. That's what he says. Live the kind of a life that pleases God. Live what you are called to. Don't matter about what job you're in while you're living it. You can do anything while you're pursuing your calling, you see. And it's amazing how God does that. But he says he wants to share his kingdom and his glory with you. And if you're doing well, some of you, you hear this like, got it. It makes sense. It clicks. If, if you're doing well with this, then that's why we need life groups and we need little groups that gather all over the place because, so you're a great candidate to help somebody else get it. Does that make sense? So, uh, let me help you along. Let me explain to you what this is. About. Let me show you how I learned how to memorize a, a verse and all, you know. Don't ignore. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yes, sir? Okay, got it. Okay. Give it away? Okay. Take calls from God. Don't ignore him. Don't hide from him. Accept what God's speaking to us, and he's trying to communicate with us every day, you know. And then thank him for all that he has done. Well, our time is about up here, so let's just bow our heads together if we could. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for creating each of these men, women, boys, and girls. I thank you, Almighty God, that there's not a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl in this place or out there in their homes or wherever they may be who is an accident. I thank you, Almighty God, that each one is your masterpiece. And you want to restore and you want to recreate us so we can do what you planned for us long ago. Father, help us to get it. Help it to become a reality in our hearts, what on earth we are here for. As we begin to study uh, more in depth over the next few weeks, Lord, cause a light bulb to, to go off on the inside of our minds and our hearts and empower us 
to fulfill what you've called us to do. As our heads are bowed, I'd ask you to join me in a simple prayer. And this prayer is just a simple thing, kind of like I did when I was driving down the road as a teenager, where we just yield to God the rest of our life, whatever it is, however long it's going to be, where we just kind of sign a blank check and give it to God, where we accept his purpose and plan, accept him as Savior, and accept his calling. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe your plan for me is good. And I am taking calls. I want to hear from you, Lord. Speak loud and clear in my heart and in my mind. I believe you sent Jesus. And he died in my place. And he rose from the dead. I believe he's knocking at the door of my heart now. And I open that door wide. And I welcome Jesus into my life as Savior, Lord, and as King. I am sorry for my sinful ways. I turn from those things right now. And I choose to give you the rest of my life. I choose to give you my past and my present, and my future. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, uh, don't, don't forget, everyone when you leave today should have at least one of these books. In a life group, this right here will be helpful to you as well. They're at the uh, Connections desk. When you go back there, if you prayed with me a few moments ago and you welcome Christ into your life, Stop by there. We've got a, a little gift bag with a Bible and some other little goodies that will inspire you. And pick up a book while you're there or down at the Resource Center. And uh, begin today. It starts today. Begin to read one chapter a day. And, and we'll be on the same page together. We'll be back here next week. And we'll take the next step together. If you're not in a life group, I cannot encourage you enough. Talk to somebody in the back there. Say, how do I get? Hey, Mike, would you raise your hand at us? You'll see Mike back there. He's got the glow coming from his head up there, you know. That's Mike. He's over our whole life group ministry. Mike will help you get connected, and it'll be an awesome decision. Really, really will. And take a book home, read the first one today, and just be praying for one another through this week. I said, is there anything else? If you need some prayer, you know, our altar is open. We'd love to pray with you. We have some folks who will, and I'm telling you, God, he still answers prayer today. He genuinely does. Oh, and if you're a guest, we have another gift for you at the back for all of our guests. Just one of our ways of saying thank you. Uh, thank you for coming, and we hope you come back. And here is our connections card, and our weekly challenge is, if I can find it, I am determined to discover and to pursue God's purpose and calling for my life. And that's what we're going to do together for the next six weeks. Check it off if you agree to that. There's something about that action that helps us. Drop it in the tithe box. God bless you. You are dismissed.